Welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by our managing editor, Mark Osterman and Joe Chung. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to start by talking cashing in points. Specifically, Mark will talk about why he's cashed in his convertible points down to almost zero. Plus, Chase launched their Chase Dining with 10x earning on the Sapphire cards, but it isn't quite as good as you think. Definitely a trap, and we wanted to talk about it. Plus, Mark describes his city fraud alert experience with his new card, how city is just a little bit different and a little bit crazy. Lots of rants this week. Plus, we'll discuss a little bit about a new ruling in regards to manufactured spend and buying gift cards. What does it mean? My analysis on the show was a little bit preliminary, so look for the website for our article to kind of go more in depth on what it all means as we break down the ruling. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for that. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Tell a friend that we're here. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So what's up, gentlemen? How has your uh, how has your week been? Mark, I know uh, we just talked about this on MTM Vegas, on our Vegas podcast, but I know you're getting ready to travel this weekend. You excited to get back on a plane? Vegas, baby. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm one of the few people that doesn't actually enjoy the act of flying. I don't really care. I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't know what kind of plane I'm flying or anything like that. And I don't care what the seat is. I don't really enjoy flying. I just want to get to where I'm going. So I'll watch the movies, but I'm not super excited about it ever. But I am excited to go somewhere. So Vegas, baby. I watched uh, I watched some swingers last night just to get in the mood, you know. You're a beautiful you gotta... baby, Mark. You're a beautiful baby. <laughs> it was beautiful, baby. It was beautiful. You got to double down. You always double down on 11, right, Joe? Um, 11, yes, always. I have I have $300, but I only want to spend 100 <laughs> So with all your uh, miles and points, you're flying a uh, fancy first class. Like, you don't care about the seat, so you're flying Frontier, right? You're like, I don't care about the seat. I'm just well, going to fly the worst like, airline. Let's 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 be honest. I got here. this. this is... <laughs> it's it's you got frontier credit, right? Yes. Yeah, this was from our March Madness trip uh, last year. So we've been pushing the credit. We booked it for like November, and then we had, that flight got canceled, so we had to push it out again. And we just picked a random weekend that the the prices kind of matched up. Originally, when I booked Frontier, it was by far the cheapest, and I went to the airport and bought the tickets to get forty dollars off per person. I think we paid like two hundred and ten dollars a person round trip to Vegas, which was which is insane. So that's why we ended up booking it. And I regret it every day since because Frontier was the worst airline to deal with during the pandemic stuff. They were not lenient really in any way. Their their credits were hard exp- expiration after a few months and they wouldn't do anything with me. So yeah, never again. Spirit for life. I got my elite 100K <laughs> status. Frontier for you life just, for me. You just wasted my- $49 on that right there. <laughs> No, because uh, I'm going to get some nice seats and free bags, and I'll make it worth it no matter what. Just one flight pays for it. So. Where are their hubs? Well, like Denver? Vegas. Yeah, Vegas Denver. One. Denver used to be their main hub, and then, yeah, they've, they've expanded. I think they the, there used to be their only hub, and now they've sort of changed everything. To the funny thing is, cities. I remember actually flying Frontier like 15 years ago when they were one of the few airlines that had the, uh, inf- the, the backseat entertainment and everything, and... You could watch movies, and it was actually kind of like a nicer airline, I felt like, when I was flying it. Like, they had newer seats, and you had the movies, and nobody had movies back then, and you didn't have tablets that you could watch your movies on whenever you went anywhere. We had to bring, like, the old-school DVD player <laughs> with the little tiny screen, and you had to put the DVD in and play. So that was kind of unique, and Frontier was better, and then they decided to just make everything super cheap, I guess. I don't know. Or I didn't know any better, one or the other. 
Isn't it sad that like you think back, but those screens that were in there were like three inches big, like the same ones that were on like JetBlue, like those tiny little three inch screens. And we got all excited and they had for the, those back in the day. The credit card swipe that you yeah. had to pay like $7 for the movie. <laughs> yep. Those were the days, Joe. Now we just have fancy high resolution phones and tablets. I miss those days of uh, terrible tech. Wasn't there like a PlayStation the for a, there was a PlayStation for a little while that you could you would flip it up and the screen was there, so you could take really? it to go. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or it was oh, an the PS Go. Yeah, could, PS Go. Right. Or there's like an attachment that you could buy to like attach it to your PlayStation, something like that. But then Nintendo Switch figured out how to make all that stuff way better. But I actually like like uh, IFE screens. I like when they put a screen in uh, like the nicer, newer screens. I prefer that over watching on my phone or a tablet or something. I'd re- I'd rather have nothing in front of me and just have that screen and watch it. So I do value in-flight entertainment, even though like, you know, every once in a while you go on those planes and see those three inches, three inch screens from like way back when. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. But I do wish more airlines would put the, the screens in. Yeah, no, I hate be- that they're getting rid of it. Like that a lot of airlines are moving away from it. That drives me nuts. I used to, that's how, that's where I used to catch up on all my movies. Probably where I will catch up on it all now, too, because although I heard uh, theaters are reopening in New York soon, New York City soon. So uh, maybe one de- time this year, I'll get to go to the theaters. But just you know, rent it out, Joe. Just rent out the whole theater, man. It's worth I it. really I really want to. I really want I mean, to. if you if you get 20 people together in a hundred person theater, you can space out good because that's what we did for our kid's birthday. And it was like it's only five dollars each. Yeah, it was like a hundred bucks, and it's well worth it. It's cheaper than you would pay to regu- go to the movies regular, so it was worth it. Definitely do it. The problem is you're only getting older movies, though, most for the most part. So, I guess Star Wars it is for you. <laughs> Are there any good movies coming out this year? Because I've like not paid attention to to the box office or anything basically since COVID started. So, well, I know like Ryan some the... of them, like Black Widow, got postponed, but I haven't really. Black Widow's it. in May. Ryan the Last Dragon is next week. Next Friday, I think. I'm pretty amped for that. For a Southeast Asian protagonist for a Disney cartoon. And it's uh, Kelly Marie Tran and Aquafina. So that should be good. It's getting good reviews. But Disney movies seem to always get good reviews two weeks before. But you have to wait till the movie actually comes out to see what the real reviews are like. Oh, because they pay for them? Yeah, for sure. It's the same thing if you're reading a, a Disney blog, just so you know. Like a Disney fan site or blog. And they have press access. Generally, it's positive because they know that they say one little thing bad about Disney and they lose their press access. And then there's 100 people in line waiting for it. So, yeah, I don't think yeah. Disney actually pays the reviewers, but it's the access. You know, yeah, like they get, Rick said, they get early access. Top Gun 2. Yes, I was looking forward to that one. And then that what's the Emily Blunt movie where, where the the silent thing or whatever that was supposed to come out right around the pandemic and they had quiet to place. Bump the, part yeah, quiet have? place. Two, yeah. That was the first one was really good. So hopefully that comes out sometime soon. I don't know. I do miss movies. I miss miss popcorn, miss movies. Run out the theater. Let's do it, Joe. All right, let's do it. I'll meet you in Vegas. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. We'll make Sean pay. There you go. Expense that. Expense that. We're going to talk about just talk about on the podcast. Expense it. Easy. Exactly. There we go. So let's get into the, to this show uh, as uh, as loose as it is this week. Because Mark went on Twitter. We wanted to talk about this. Mark went on Twitter and proclaimed himself the king of cashing in points and antagonized everybody else saying, well, we all suck because we don't Did cash I... in our points. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell a story here, Mark. Trying to make it a okay, little bit Trying more, to make up a story. Got it. No, but you did cash in points. There was a lot of like discussion about it. And a lot of people were interested in. And some people said, hey, I agree with you. And some people 
so that they didn't. And you also did a guide about how to cash in the major points currencies. So a lot of cashing in points talk this week. I know we've talked on the show about it a little bit more. I mean, you lay down the gauntlet. You're down to less than 50,000 points altogether between all your, between City, American Express, and Chase, you said, right? Yes. I think uh, American Express, this is all before like any spending hits for this month. Um, and I, I am working on two welcome offers, but my Amex balance is at like 9,000. My Chase is at right around uh, 30. And my City is at like 2,500. So, we do have a 60,000 bonus coming in from the Schwab Platinum, which will boost up those numbers. And I think I have like 20 or 30K coming in from spend for the month. And then uh, City, I have 60K from the Premier that will come in at some point if they let me use it, which is a segment that will come up after this, why it's been such a problem to use it. So uh, I'm on the mend, but the main reason I did it was I was looking at travel as a whole. Over the next six months, I don't see myself traveling much. You know, once the summer comes around, we'll probably be going to the cottage most of the time and getting that fixed up, renting it out and messing with all that. Plus, it's the first summer we'll have it. So we'll want to do it a lot. And I didn't have anything after this Vegas trip planned. So I'm looking at, you know, August, September is when travel really start to start to pick up. So that's six months and I'm not going to be using any points. I'm already sitting on stashes that I've never had before. You know, I'm usually earn it and burn it pretty regular. So I, I, I'm used to having low figure balances, so it doesn't bother me much. And I've noticed that with these larger balances, I've kind of gotten bored with the with the hobby. I haven't really chased things the way I normally would and just kind of over it all. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that deal like the Motley Fool Amex offer. Oh, I don't really want to get to that. You know, what's, you know, a couple thousand MR points or whatever it was. So that's where I was kind of at. And I thought, you know what? I have six months to rebuild this. Let me cash this out. We have some stuff we want to do to the house. Uh, we want to buy a shed and stuff like that. So I can use the money for that. And that will give me some motivation. I've already noticed since I've cashed out, I've been way more motivated. And I've kind of found some of the joy left in the hobby. You know, normally you're earning points for future travel and you're burning them on travel. We haven't been doing much of that. So, you know, the payoff wasn't there. Now I have my payoff and I'm ready to, to get back to it. I don't know if you guys have felt any of those feelings over the last year or so. I feel all kinds of feelings every day or week because everything's so different and I don't know uh, what it is. Certainly, I've been bored at times from earning because I have points and I'm not going anywhere. But I, I feel like if I burned all of my convertible points, honestly, I would get like some sort of anxiety. Like I would never be able to get them back. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I never be able to I would never have enough points to go to Hyatt's or to go get to fly business class. Or I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right at all. But I feel like if I was to get down to that little I would probably have some anxiety and maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's some, maybe that's a I reason do, to do it. I think one, one thing people forget is, and this is something I, I don't know if I brought up in the article or not, but you have to look at your, your other balances as well. Your airline balances, your hotel balances, like you're worried about ultimate rewards for Hyatt, but what's in your Hyatt balance? How many free night certs? We have six free night certs right now. And then we have Hyatt points already. So I'm not going to make up transfer to Hyatt for at least a year because there's just no need for it. So do I really need those ultimate rewards? And can I replace them before I need them? As well as I have Virgin Atlantic from cancellations. That's normally something I would transfer from membership rewards. Same with uh, Life Miles, stuff like that. So you have to look at your other balances because we focus so much on transferable currencies. But all those currencies that we're transferring those points into... Those are the balances you should really focus on because that's what you would need them for unless you're booking through portal or whatever. But that's kind of people don't look at that. Like how many Hilton points do you have? You could stay at Hilton for a year 
you don't really need Hyatt points if you don't want them, you know? So well, what if I need to stay consider. at Hilton for the next two years, Mark? Then I, need, <laughs> I need more Hilton points. No, you're absolutely right. I have a, a pretty big balance of Hyatt points, and I sort of view that as my ultimate rewards. When I look at ultimate rewards and what I have, because I know I just pretty much transfer them to Hyatt. So I kind of say, okay, my Hyatt balance is this, plus my ultimate rewards balance, and I combine them uh, together. So I think that that is a good way to do it. What about you, Joe? What's your opinion on all of this? Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt the vibes of what you were saying in the article, Mark. And I, I think it's funny because in some of the circles I run in, what you were saying was very not controversial. Like people have been cashing out this whole time. You know, I think on this podcast, we talk a lot more about earning our miles and points and then using that to travel. But a lot of people just earn their miles and points just and they cash is like the goal or cash is one of the major goals. So I definitely know a lot of people who have been cashing out for actual money, but I still, I sound like a broken record. So I just, I just can't do it. What is, what else is going to keep me warm at night? Okay. I don't know. Mark, I need those jet blue points. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I have too many jet blue points. I, I, I looked at the, I, I logged in today and I had so many canceled flights. It's, um, I have way too many jet blue points. So I, I am going to stop with a JetBlue. I don't think I need Mosaic already, although I'm already like halfway there uh, on the spend for the credit card. But yeah, I, I do think cash is a good thing. And one thing I was thinking about is we are going to go back to the Poconos this summer, my parents and my sister's family and our family. And so we're going to use a Verbo for that. Still can't get used to saying Verbo, but that is has to be paid with cash. So part of me is thinking cash out my points and then just use that cash you know, and use it directly. So put it directly into the Verbo. And so it's not like, you know, it hits my accounts and I feel like, oh, should I invest this or whatever? No, just put it straight into the Verbo. So that that is something I might do. Yeah. And I think that's another thing to, to consider with this whole situation is cash kind of alleviates a lot of the stress for booking. You know, I've written an article about the my least favorite part of the hobby is trying to find a war space because it's just annoying. And if you're flying economy, coach tickets and stuff like that, or hotels, cash kind of opens it up. You're not focused on, oh, I have to find this award seat. Like you're just booking whatever the best deal is. And right now cash deals, there's a lot of good cash deals out there. So this kind of opens you up to that as well as when you look at the difference in valuation of what you can get cash, like 1.5 cents per point with a Sapphire reserve card for ultimate rewards versus what you get when you're booking with those points. That used to be a large gap. You used to only get one cent per point for cash and you could get two cents or more on average for travel. Well, now, unless you're flying international first class or business class, it's basically like a wash almost. And then you throw in the fact that when you use that cash to pay for your travel, you're earning points off of that via your credit card spend, your frequent flyer accounts, or your hotel status. So the water's really muddied, and we keep seeing more devaluations. So the cash value is pretty much even with travel value for most things outside of international first first class and business class so that's another thing that i'm really like sitting there what am i losing out of this not a ton versus in the past when you cashed out people would beat you with sticks and throw stones at you because they're like you're giving up all this value you're not really giving it up and it's only going to get worse because there's going to be more devaluations on the way as we come out of this pandemic so who knows and and you don't know if the pay yourself back is going to be extended or not you could wait until april to be sure but who knows that's the best thing out there right now. 
So let's talk about something that's really raw and like new to us. It's this court decision that came in today. We're not attorneys. This isn't legal advice. And we're just going to talk a little bit. Mark and I, I know Joe probably hasn't even read this yet, but it's a ruling that talks about manufactured spending and specifically the IRS going after somebody buying Visa gift cards and then turning that into money orders. What? And yeah, and basically the, the court affirming that that's a taxable event by turning the gift card into a cash equivalent, um, that it's a taxable event. In my understanding, in my layman's understanding, because I'm not an attorney for anybody out there listening, but uh, certainly over the next week or months, you know, does that change anything for you, Mark? Just knowing what we know about this right now and, and the few things we've read, and we'll hopefully have an article on the website explaining this uh, for people listening. But yeah, I mean, certainly this changes what we thought going into today, right? Yeah, I mean, would have given me pause to cash out all my points because I don't know if I'm going to get taxed when I go to earn them. But this is a case from 2014. So whatever, whatever's been done has been done. So if they want to go back and, and come at me for some stuff that I've done in the past, it is what it is at this point. Now, the people in the case were focused on one card, which was the old blue cash for 6% back at grocery stores. And they did $1.4 million in spend in a year or 1.2, something like that. So we're talking massive quantities. I'm not in that ballpark. Not even, <laughs> I'm not even in the same <laughs> zip code. So yeah, I'm not too worried about it. You know, if you're a heavy hitter, this would be something that would give me pause for sure. If you're, if you're hitting that kind of numbers, that's something to consider. But for me personally, I don't think that they're going to be cracking down across the board on stuff. I think they'll be focusing on big whales, so to speak of, of MS. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing and we'll see where it goes. I'm sure this will be, you know, get kicked up to the higher courts and we'll be in there for a year or two more. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And for people out there listening, the reason that credit card rewards aren't necessarily taxable is because the IRS says that when you buy something, that the rewards that you earn are essentially a rebate on your cost of the item. So if you buy a $500 mattress and you get $10 in cash back on your credit card, then that just makes the, your cost for that mattress $490. So the argument for the IRS, um, basically, and this, this is word for word what comes from the, the ruling, the IRS proposes that the uh, person's tax reward points, that they, that they became taxable because he did not earn them by acquiring goods or services. So it's saying you didn't buy a mattress, you bought a Visa gift card, which you then turned into a cash equivalent by buying money orders. And so it doesn't count in that same way. It counts as income, uh, what you earn off of it. Because your fees for that Visa gift card are not $500, the face value of the Visa gift card, but instead are the $5 fees or whatever you paid. And that's the only way you can offset it. A little bit technical for a podcast, so I will put links in the show notes and to our, uh, to our article on it. But I just thought it was interesting, and, and people should uh, definitely uh, take a look at that. Uh, if they're interested in um, learning more about this and learning more about why things are the way they are and how things could potentially change. I'm definitely going to try to hit up Bethany Walsh, who's an attorney, and try to get her to write something about it, because I think her take would be super valuable and something like this. And and I will say that Derek from Travel on Points is the one that sent it to me, and he's also an attorney. So hopefully those two write up stuff and we can read their stuff, because I don't want to be the one to write it up, because I'm sure I'll mess mess it up. But either one of those two, for sure, uh, look forward to reading whatever they come up with. Yeah, and I recommend if you like this kind of stuff, read the read the legal brief because there are interesting things in there. For instance, you know, talking about what the law is and talking about how it applies to this case and, and the different arguments. And it's only about six pages, so it's not uh, too in-depth. But yeah, we'll try to get people more information. But I thought this podcast comes out about 
we're recording this on Tuesday, comes out Thursday. I'm sure by then this will be the talk of the community. So I thought we might want to mention it here and we'll have more information, um, more of a, maybe an expert opinion that we can get soon for, for everybody out there. So, I mean, before we move on, you guys have anything else to add to about cashing in points? You know, Joe's still against it. Mark's still Burn for it. Burn it to I'm the in, ground. In the <laughs> I'm in the middle. I've done both, but I'm definitely not going down to 50,000 combined balance. That's just gives me anxiety. Thinking gives you, about. gives you life, man. Just, uh, feeds the beast. You got that energy, that vibe back again. I got that hunger. You never as, or as scrappy mojo, as baby. when you, you're never as scrappy as when you're broke. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, you have that, that drive. Yeah. Let us know uh, what you guys think. Let us know on Twitter or uh, anywhere else that you are in our Facebook group, what you guys are doing with cashing in points. There was a lot of discussion on this, on, on the article, tons of comments. I know in the Facebook group there was as well. So we wanted to talk about it because we know that it's a topic that almost everybody has an opinion on, no matter where you fall on it. It is interesting to see too, like when I first got into this, you know, 2012 or whatever, it was, if you brought up cashing in points, you were you know, like a leper and people would just attack you and be super rude to you about it. Don't ever do that. That's stupid. You'd be dumb to, to cash in your points. And now you see it where a lot of people are cashing in points. And that's, I think part of it is because the value just isn't the gaps, not there anymore. So it has been interesting to see that. And I know Benji's written about it a ton on the site and I always expected early on when he first wrote about it, I expected to get to see a lot of hate and it really never came. So I think a lot of people have come around the corner and, and opened up to cashing out for certain things and when it makes sense. Yeah, I think in general, people have gone against the mob mentality more. So I'm trying to think of another kind of topic, but a lot of stuff, we've gotten more diversified thought in the community over the last few years compared to the way it used to be. Everybody said that it has to be this way. And now uh, Miles to Memories and other sites are able to put forth alternate opinions, which are valid for many people. Because that's the truth is, you know, the, the the community would tell you, you have to do something a certain way, but truthfully, people are doing whatever's best for them. You have and to stay uh, at the Park Hyatt in New York City. Absolutely. <laughs> best uh, best water it's pressure really of, nice. any, uh, it's really of nice. any hotel. Best water pressure. Worst right, service. Yeah, I mean, the service, definitely not nothing to write home about. Uh, but yeah, but that's like, that's the type of thing we're talking about, like group uh-huh. think. And I think that's that's yeah. been nice to see in the, the community that it's kind of opened up some. And you can see by how Joe and I responded, we've been well-programmed into our <laughs> responses. <laughs> hey. Yes, got to stay at the Park High at New York. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, these hundreds of thousands of Chase Ultimate rewards and higher points are not going to spend themselves, okay? <laughs> Unless you cash them out. Let's move on to the next thing, because Mark was on a roll this week, and he went from his cashing out points, being the king of cashing out points, to the king of crapping on Chase 10X dining <laughs> for Sapphire <laughs> cards. <laughs> Yeah, so I saw a blog post written, earn 10x with your Chase Sapphire reserved or preferred card on dining up to $500. I'm like, oh, awesome. Another bonus. And it was kind of tricky because Chase Dining, it's called Chase Dining, but you think Chase Dining is restaurants. I'm going to get 10x on restaurants, Ben. No, it's 10x on Chase Dining, which is like their <laughs> their, their uh, restaurant portfolio or whatever you have to go to the ultimate rewards page and you click on chase dining and it's kind of like a DoorDash, but not really because you have to go pick it up or or maybe you can eat in the place but there's like 12 restaurants on there literally 12 it's it's mark it's so terrible because i read your article and i'm like okay i'm like so i went i went into the chase app 
like, okay, I'm going to find Chase. I couldn't find it, first of all. And then I had to go, like, look up an article about where exactly to find it, which it was in a fairly obvious place. I was just... But yeah, yeah, it's in the I Ultimate went, Rewards portal, like, where yeah, you go to, like, redeem for travel. To redeem stuff. points. But I was thinking, oh, it's going to be in the Chase app, like, under yeah. the offer section in the banking side. And it wasn't. Uh, but once once I knew it was in the Ultimate Rewards side, I found it. There's three restaurants in Las Vegas. They didn't even serve the full menu. Like, they had Mona Mica B at Paris, which is a very famous restaurant here. But they didn't even have the full menu. It was like a like a special, like a family party pack to go or something. It was, yeah, it's crazy. It's just not that useful of a service. Like, it's just not that yeah, much and, and some are like only on Thursdays or only on Friday and Saturday or only at night. And it, it, it's <laughs> all these even rest- It's only all these restrictions. So my article was like, no, you're not going to earn 10x. I mean, there will be some people that can do it. But for the most part, you're not going to earn it. But these headlines sell. And this is Chase's game. You know, there are these limited time credit, like, oh, Peloton credit and this 10x on dining. Like, we're going to throw all this random crap at the wall and see what sticks. And we're going to say we're offering you value when it's not really value. Like, you have to chase this down. And I'd much rather see them just they they increase the annual fee a hundred dollars. They gave you a DoorDash credit that's going to be going away at the end of this year and some Lyft Pink. Who cares? I'd rather them see, like, let's add a 3x grocery or something like that. Like, add something that adds value to me. Don't give me all these random one-offs that you're hoping for breakage that nobody's going to use, but you can say, hey, I gave you value. Remember that 10x offer you could have got? You just didn't use it. Yeah, it's bizarre. There's barely any restaurants in Vegas. Capital of fine dining, which this is focused on more fine dining, has three restaurants. That's all you need to know. Joe, did you even check it out? No. Greg from Frequent Miler said that his favorite, two favorite restaurants in Ann Arbor are on there. So Yes, and I I pulled up Ann Arbor, and there's three restaurants total in Ann Arbor. So he was like the luckiest dude So we know that Greg has bougie taste because he goes to the the fanciest (laughs) restaurants in Ann Arbor. Uh, No, but but I mean, that's cool. If if there was one that was like near me, I would have used it in that I I value. But for the majority of people, there's people that live in, you know, 100,000 person towns that have zero restaurants within the vicinity of them so i think for the majority of people this is a useless offer and i just wanted to point that out and save some people from wasting time really searching and trying to figure out how to do this so yeah shout out to greg we're glad that you got your your good use out of it and like i said there are a few restaurants in vegas and just like a lot of stuff it does have use for some people not gonna have use for a lot but it's that 10x you're right they they, it's like they're like, okay, we this is a sexy headline, 10x dining, and uh, what you get isn't really. It's not even like a, a Grubhub or something like that. It's just, uh, just disappointing. And glad. yeah, if they would have just done 10x dining, I would have been like, yes, this is great. And then they cap it at five hundred dollars on top of using this weird service, and uh, it was terrible. All right, all right. So now let's move on to the trifecta of Mark going uh, crazy this past week, and uh, a few days ago, before we were recording this podcast. Mark sent a message. He's like, I want to hop on a live stream. So we hopped on a live stream in our Facebook group. And Mark was telling us a story all about how crazy cities fraud protection is on a new card. So we're going to go talk about that. It's going to be me and Mark. Joe's not going to be there. But then uh, we'll be back with rapid fires. I was so flabbergasted that I had nothing to say for that whole entire segment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's hit it. Mark, uh, round three. What's up, Mark? How's it going? I've had better. So this mornings. is a sort of an impromptu uh, thing because yeah. you want to rant and complain about your favorite bank. Is that what is that what's going on here? Yes. Yeah. So tell, I don't. I have no idea what what happened either. So I'm going to be uh, enjoying this in real time. 
um, with you guys. So go ahead, Mark, start us off. Let us know what city did uh, to you. Okay. So I, I finally got the city premiere. I've been planning this for like two, three years. You know, I held the old card, paid the double annual fees because the clock resets after, uh, if you close a card, sometimes even if you downgrade, it resets the 24 month clock. So I'd kept it and then I got denied because they came out with a new rule that you couldn't have more than three hard pulls in the last six months. So I had to wait even longer and then applied, got it. So it just came in the mail yesterday. So I was all excited, ready to get some spending done, knock out this bonus, uh, get on my way. So I activate it, go to the store this morning, drop off the kids, go to the store, go to Kroger. You know, my charge is like 515 bucks, earning three times at the grocery store, ready to rock and roll. And I get uh, a fraud alert, which I kind of expected, you know, City's pretty over the top with their fraud alerts, like Amex or Chase, new card. Usually you don't run into an issue unless it's a really big charge, but City, even a couple hundred bucks, I've run into problems. So I expect to get the text and you approve the text and you go on your way. Like, yes, I did make this charge and they're like, okay, use the card. So I get the text, prove it, try to swipe it again, no go. Uh, so I, I use uh, Amex Gold and finish off that purchase. And then I go to another store, go to make another purchase. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's, you know, they finally have refreshed their system and it's released. Go to use it. It gets denied. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it was a little bit bigger charge, but it wasn't obscene or anything. So I move on. On the way home, get my McDonald's breakfast. I go to use it there for a $6 charge. Doesn't work. So no McDonald's like, oh, for okay. you. Uh-oh. Cranky <laughs> yeah. morning. Cranky morning. <laughs> so I'm like, cause I'm thinking, okay, $6 has got to go through. Like sometimes they will be over a certain alert, uh, limit, the will fraud alert or whatever. So now I'm at the point that I know I have to call in. I know for sure I got to call in. So I call and I get the rep on and go through the verification process. And they ask that question that you always answer when you're setting up an account, but you never remember what it is. And then they give you like a hint, like what's your favorite uh, destination or what's your favorite food or whatever. And I got it right. I actually knew what it was. I knew what it was. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, she goes, runs through all the stuff, asks me a couple questions. And then she's like, I'm going to send you a verification text message. And you just read the number back to me to verify you're using the phone that's on your account or whatever. Okay, no problem. She goes away for like a minute or so. And she comes back and she says, uh, yeah, this phone number is too new. So the system doesn't let me send you a verification number or verification text. I'm like, the phone number I've had for 10 years on my city account is too new. And she's like, yes, the system says it's too new. I'm like, but I've had it on the account forever. I didn't get a new phone number. I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, I'm sorry, but the system says it's too new. Do you have another it's the system, number? Mark? You cannot fight with the system. Just understand that the all knowing system has said that this number, you need a number <laughs> for at least 15 gets... years before you can use it for a problem. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. She's like, do you have another phone number you can use? And I'm thinking, for a fraud call like you want me to just offer up another number that's not on my account that's okay like if my wife's sitting here i could have given you her phone number and that would have worked i'm like no i don't have a number another number i have my cell phone number which is on my account she's like oh well then i uh you know we're gonna have to mail you a number and then you'll have to call us back in when you get the mail and then we can verify your account uh, yeah. i said the, the old what? postcard what like you're gonna mail you're gonna legit mail me something you can't ask me like my mother's maiden name or for my other city account number or like a billion other ways to to do this but you have to mail it to me and she's like yeah i'm like so i can't get my card activated i won't be able to use it until i get this piece of mail from the post service that took like six weeks to mail a christmas card you you want me to sit here with min spend 
I said, you can't be serious. And she said, yeah, that, that's all we can do. So I laughed and then I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, this is the I, I, bank that I, wired $500 million, you know, uh, to, uh, to the wrong place or, or at the wrong time. So it doesn't yeah, surprise me. Their, their technology sucks, man, at City, And they have all these old systems, I think, that they try to keep integration with. And, you know, we've talked about how getting a bank account and closing it can lock out all your credit card accounts. That's happened to me twice and all this crazy stuff. So it you just got to wait for the postcard there. at this point, huh? No, it doesn't end there, Sean. It doesn't oh, okay, end there. Okay, great, great. I mean, <laughs> of course it doesn't. It's city. I was not going to, I'm not going to wait for a postcard, which I, I talked to Derek from Travel on Points and uh, Doug from uh, Travel Rewards Warrior. And they said they had the same thing. Like uh, Derek was in the Virgin Islands and they were like, hey, do you have another phone number? And he's like, what are you talking about? And they had to mail him a postcard. So he couldn't use his card while he was on vacation. And then when he paid off his card, they uh, wouldn't wouldn't drop his balance down, which city usually when you pay it, like immediately the balance is re, re, uh, rehashed. So they wanted him to do a three-way call with his wife, city, and the bank he used to pay the bill to verify that that was his bank account, which they've used to pay their other city cards for years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. So this is what city does. So I call back. And I get the rep and we go through the whole spiel again. And then he's like, oh, I have to send you to the spe uh, account specialist for this problem. I'm assuming it's because I hung up. So they probably put some note on my account or something. If he calls back, send him up to the next level or whatever. So we go through this again. And she asks for my phone number again. And I give it to her. And she comes back and says, the system won't allow me to t text you a verification number. I'm like, okay. She's like, do you have a home phone? And I'm thinking, how are you going to send me a verification text to my home phone? And there's no home phone on my account, but yet I can give you that number if I had it. I said, no, it's not 2002. Why didn't, you just, why didn't you just give the cell number as your home phone and let her put that in and see if that worked for like a phone call or something? It probably <laughs> well, would have worked. Know if it, like, would it, but I, I'm assuming if it's a home phone, it's going to be like a recorded message that I would have had to pick up and I would have, so it wouldn't have worked. But <clears throat> anyway, that's beyond the point. We're talking about a fraud issue here, and Citi's actually sent out emails. Like, I've got multiple emails about it, about people calling from pretending to be Citi and asking you questions that you shouldn't be asked. And yet, they're going to let me make up a phone number or give them a random phone number not on my account to verify that I am who I say I am? When they've already verified the phone number I'm calling on is the number on my account? Stupid. It's just stupid. So, I say, no. I don't have any other phone number. Like, this is 2021. It's not 2001. Nobody has a home phone. Okay, lady? So she's like, okay, well, do you bank with anybody else besides City? And I'm like, oh, where's this going? Is she going to, is she going to, you know, when you're uh, verifying yourself online, they're like, what card did you sign up for in August of 2017? Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. There's like three choices. Which, <laughs> which one? Yeah, you better hope that your notes are very good because if you screw <laughs> that up, you're in trouble. <laughs> So I'm, I'm figuring that's where this is going. And I'm like, this is going to be bad. I'm going to have to like pull out my whole credit card binder and be flipping through while I'm on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, I do bank with somebody else. She's like, okay, which bank? And I'm like, all right, Chase. And she's said, is it a debit card or a credit card? And I'm like, do I have a debit card? Yeah. And she's like, well, which one do you want to go with? I'm like, okay, credit card. Let's play credit card roulette. What what's what are we asking here? She's like, can you give me that credit card number? And I'm thinking, I got this email that you guys don't ask these weird questions, and you're asking me for another bank's credit card number. How does that make sense? And I'm like, 
okay, I'm over this. I'll just give it to you because <laughs> yeah, Jason's fraud will pick it up. Jason's fraud fraud department will pick it up and they'll probably have me off this phone call in 10 seconds versus me calling three times or whatever. So I give him my Chase number and she's like, okay, I'm going to call Chase to verify that this is your card and then I'll call you back. So to verify that I am who I say I am for my city account, they're going to call Chase on a card that they have no clue what it is. And then if they say, yes, that's his card, then they'll know I am who I say I am. This, this is insane. This is, you, you finally, now I know why we're doing this stream. Yeah, that is insane. I mean, so she, she calls, she calls Chase, calls me back in like five minutes later. And she's like, okay, I verified with Chase that that is your account. How does that make it any more legit <laughs> that this is my city account? I have no clue. Like if I'm a fraudster and I have a Chase card, what, and my name, you know, like if my name match or whatever, like if you stole my Chase card too, you could easily verify that, you know, if you stole my wallet and you had my Chase card and my city card, you could easily verify, yes, that's my Chase card. Okay, account's good to go. Go charge some more money. What? Yeah, it's 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 insane that especially like they could just send you the text on the phone number that's been on your account for ten years, and uh, and instead of fixing that problem, which clearly is probably a technological problem on their end, they've created these really crazy things like calling other banks to verify cards to get around their own issues. That's yeah, it's it's not a surprise yeah. though with City. I mean, that's that's City. That's why we love those thank you points. <sighs> Yeah, and I know. I know. Points. I'm gonna go to the store because Doug said he said he had this happen three times in a row, three charges in a row. He had to call in, and then they finally mailed him the thing, and that's the only thing that got it turned off. So I just know I'm gonna go to a store and go to use this card, and I'm gonna get frauded again. And they're gonna say, "Hey, we can't text your phone number. Let me mail you a slip." <laughs> you gotta get the slip. You cannot avoid that postcard coming in the mail. That's just it. That's your fate. That is your absolute fate. Yeah, I'll get I'll get the postcard like two weeks before my min spend is due and then I'll be tripping fraud alerts right and left. So I guess if you get a new city card, start with like $10 purchases for a month. I don't know. Like 500 is not an obscene amount of money that they should be freaking out on, a, on an account with city that's been seasoned for years and years. I know the card's new, but like, what are we doing here? Anybody else I've ever had a fraud thing, I call in, they ask me the numbers on my card. Maybe they ask me like my address and then they're like, did you make this charge? Yes. Okay, good. You're good to go. Yeah. What is this? I mean, you and I have sat down with city executives who <laughs> all I can say is like, if, if there's anybody from city that's in this group watching this, which are there, there may or may not be, but you know, you should pay a little bit more attention to the customer experience over everything else because uh, there's a lot of competitors with a lot of products and that have their tech together and making customers go through ridiculousness like this is not is not good. And they focus so much on customer acquisition and this and that, and they forget all about making the customer experience good. One of my first City Cards year, like when we were doing the Vanilla Reload days, I remember a City Advantage card went right to Office Depot to go buy Vanilla Reloads and had a very similar thing to you where I had to get. Um, I, I think I didn't have to get a postcard, but it was like many levels of verification where they just locked up all my accounts and everything else. For trying to make a single purchase at Office Depot, that got, was a long time ago. Back in the uh, Target Redbird days, I got a, a City Advantage card and I called to activate it solely because I wanted to talk to somebody. So I activate it, and I'm like, I want to let you know my first charge. I was going to Target. I was going to load the uh, red card with a thousand dollars. I'm like, my first charge is going to be a thousand dollars at Target. They're like, okay, cool. I'll put it on your account. Be, you're good to go. Go to Target. Boom. 
tripped fraud alert i had to call them in the store while i'm walking around to verify that i made the charge even though i preemptively verified the charge it still didn't do anything basically the guy was like okay cool you're good i'm gonna tap my desk to make it sound like i'm doing something have a good day i'll talk to you in 15 minutes do you ever think that the banks really don't have a way for them to notate anything like i do you know, stop I that think, I, 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 I do i think <laughs> I think it's just a thing to make you feel better. They're like, the computers will do what the computers are going to do, but I'll type a little note here just to make you feel better. That's what it is, I think. <laughs> exactly. That's like when uh, Bank of America told me when I canceled a card and there was still an annual fee. They're like, oh, yeah, you'll see that refund in a, a couple days. Nope. You, Bank of America, you have to pay off, and then the refund comes, and then you have to call back to get the negative balance sent you in a check. So they basically just lied to get me off the phone. They're like, yeah, instead of me getting upset that okay i have to pay it then you have to give it back to me and then i have to call you to get that check so we have to do this like two three times versus you just having a decent system wow what a rant mark that was amazing yes <laughs> that was amazing mark let's go to rapid fire mark start us off yeah so if you want to fly a private jet for for free just go to <laughs> go to the bahamas and get some COVID. <laughs> perfect plan perfect plan <laughs> Get the Rona. Just have somebody cough in your face. Um, but Bahamar is guaranteeing that they will, uh, if you if you test positive while you go visit, they will take care of your room for a couple weeks or fly you back on a private jet, which is kind of a crazy offer. But I'm guessing they they realize that the chances of this happening are rare because you have to test before you go down there. So you have to basically catch it on property. So bring somebody that has it and have them cough in your face. And there you go. Pimp, big pimpin'. Exactly. I love how you have the travel hacker's perspective. It's like, get your test so you're negative, then go get somebody to give it to you so that by the time you get there, you're positive. I mean, this is terrible. And and, and we are, I, I don't want to trigger anybody out there. You know, we, we do take, we all three of us take COVID very seriously, but it is a, a very funny travel hacker's uh, perspective to be like, okay, how can you hack this to get the free flight? It's just an unbelievable offer. Why, like, why would you even say that? It just makes no sense. But yes, please take it seriously. Don't go get yourself COVID on purpose to fly the private jet. I should note Send that Mark Julie in the live chat says, Mark makes me laugh so much. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> he makes me nervous because then I got to go tell everybody like, okay, yeah, we, we, this is funny, but we're, we are actually <laughs> Sean has to do the CYA every time I talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always like I'm dancing, tiptoeing. How about you, Joe? Yeah, so slow news week. <laughs> Not much going on. I almost picked that uh, Bahamar thing as well. I'll do two things really quickly. There's a new Hyatt bonus journeys, pretty lame, but if you are staying in a bunch of Hyatts in the next couple months, you know, 2000 points. Throw in the shade. I read on a Facebook group, pretty much the same as normal. So not too exciting. End quote, Mark Osterman. <laughs> so I'm just going off of that. So Hyatt has a new bonus journeys thing going on. So uh, check that out. And my other quick thing is you probably saw if you use LastPass, which is a password manager, they're going back to having you pay for having it both on your browser and your phone. And so Vin from Miles Per Day switched over to Bitwarden. He had a really short article on that. So I switched over to Bitwarden as well. It's free and it was super easy to switch over. So I'm trying that as my password manager since LastPass wants to make us pay again. They used to make us pay, then they stopped. Now they're doing it again. Too late. Trying out Bitwarden. What about you, Sean? And my rapid fire is the Dell Amex offer, $100 off $500. I know it's not always sexy, but certainly it's a 20% off computer. And sometimes they run different uh, promotions with portals. If your order doesn't get support. canceled. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of problems with Dell, but 
I, I mean, I, I was able, I've been able to stack offers. I've written about it on the site before, get 50% or more by combining MX offers, stacking with a rewards program, wait for a good portal day, like Rakuten, whenever they have their promotions, often it'll go up to 15% or things like that. So there's definitely offers there. So load that offer up and then look for some great deals down the line. And that's going to do it for us this week. Joe, when people aren't listening to the show, where can they find you online? You can find me all over social media at As Joe Flies. Uh, connect at me and any of my stuff there. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, mark at milestomemories.com. Comment on any of, any of the articles. I, I write about 12.2 per week. And <laughs> you can join our Facebook groups. Uh, I'm in there all the time. Uh, you know, message me on Facebook, whatever you want to do. How about you, Sean? You can check Mark and I out on MTM Vegas every week, talking Las Vegas, and find all of our Las Vegas content at mtmvegas.com. And uh, of course, we have this podcast at mtmpodcast.com, the website with all of the posts, our Facebook group, and our Disney Hacks uh, podcast as well. So check out all of that stuff, and you can find links to everything really at milestomemories.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Week of Mark Rants, the best week ever. Well, Joe stole my rapid fire, so I have to find a new one. <laughs> it was bonus journeys. See, I'll just on the list. list. I'll just it's do that. That's, on the that's what happens when you don't send out the show notes. Joe, Joe tries to be an stuff. overachiever and do two of them. <laughs> okay, let me do it again. No, no, I'll do the Dell Amex offer. It's fine. It's kind of stupid. This Newsweek was so slow. There's nothing happening. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. <laughs>